Hey everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Inspiration Point, where you join us to discuss what's on our minds about Dungeons and Dragons, RPGs, and even just games or nerd stuff in general. Some brief info about us. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. We are both game design graduates from the Art Institute, and games have always been an important part of our careers and lives. I'm the director of game design for Nord Games, a company that creates third-party content to be used largely for D&D 5th edition. I was the author and co-designer for Nord's Spectacular Settlements and co-authored Treacherous Traps, which can be found at nordgamesllc.com if you're interested. I'm a lifelong dungeon master, a high school teacher, gov, econ, game design, graphic arts, and I'm the coach of our League of Legends team. Uh, most importantly, I'm friends with Andrew. I, I don't know if that's the most important thing, but it is I'll take it. the most important. <laughs> it is the most important. You're sweet. Friendship is magic. my friend. I have daughters, so I have seen a lot of that show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't yet, but I imagine that... Uh, that that ship is coming I, very soon. I promise you, I did not intend to open up our entire series with a My Little Pony reference. It just came to me. You know, it, um, whatever fits, right? It does fit. Uh, we're, that's another thing, by the way. We're both dads. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we, we are not a pair of dads in a couple. We have separate couples. Mm. Uh, yes, we do. We were both married, oh, each with Though children. I should be so honored. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is why we don't live in the same state, because we would not be able to uh, leave each other alone. It's probably but, for the uh, best. Yeah, it's the best for our wives, or those poor things that... I guess they knew what they signed up for, but did they know? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they did not know, no. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I, ladies. Well, you know, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, we got to be true to ourselves. That's right. We do. We do have to. Or at least to whatever character we're currently playing. That's very true. And uh, that was a nice way to uh, underail the train. Um, so what uh, what we're going to be doing here is... Um, basically just kind of thinking about something that's been on our minds. Typically, myself and Adam will each have a topic that we'll want to talk about, and we'll just kind of run with it and see where things go. Um, the idea for this podcast kind of stemmed from the fact that Adam and I have these conversations quite often where we find ourselves going, man, it'd be really nice to share this with other people or get other folks in on the conversation and, um, you know, include more people if we can. Yeah. And to add to that, you know, I, I, I am often Andrew's dungeon master. Yeah, um, that's very slash true. game master. And he, and he would always send me these, let's call them generous emails uh, <laughs> with a lot of feedback, uh, very welcome feedback. And you, we, we thought, well, maybe, maybe we should just turn this into something a little bit more productive. Uh, maybe something that could add to the lives of the people. And that is ultimately what we're all about is the people. Yeah, that's absolutely just kidding. Right. This is really for us. It and if you're here, great. <laughs> I, so. I, I don't, I don't know if I can actually say you're wrong. Yeah, no, I, this is not an act of pure altruism by any stretch. But if you like it and, and we like it, then that's consensual. And uh, that works out really well for me. Yeah. <laughs> it works out fine for me, too. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Easy. Okay. We're already having a good time. We're, How was your week? My my week my week has been well, it's only Tuesday, so it's been short. <laughs> um, but uh it's been it's been pretty good. I've been doing some writing for another one of our books, and uh one of the things that I've been working on is kind of writing up some quests 
and having them based off of, um, you know, certain criteria and getting that all to line up has been, it's been difficult. I've been running into like some weird patches of kind of writer's block and stuff. And it's been very frustrating. And, you know, on top of that, you just kind of factor in the, the weather out here recently has just been really hot. It's kind of muggy. And plus with, with all the COVID stuff, um, our work hours have been reduced. So I'm trying to squeeze as much as I can into what would typically be half of my normal work week. Um, so it's not, for me, it's not the most ideal situation for being creative, but you know, you, you muscle well, through. Sometimes writers uh, get a lot of ideas and inspiration, you might say, from hard times. And uh, by the way, good job dating our podcast for <laughs> future generations. We know exactly when this is starting now. Yeah, um, that's that is given that COVID isn't still a problem in a year oh, or two. God, please, please I know. No. Well, at at the risk of getting a little political, you know, if wow, our, if I our, can't believe you are bringing that in instead of me. You know, I I gotta get the drop on it. Um, you know, just I'm very curious. Assume, please continue. Us, I'm just saying. Assuming that our country can get its act together, it shouldn't be a thing in two years, but I don't know if that's too much to hope. Yeah, I think that's going to be a hard ask. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how we should get it back together at this point. I don't either. Um, I'm not that smart. (laughs) I finally watched Idiocracy for the first time. Oh my God. I know. It's such an old movie. Um, well, okay, relatively. But uh yeah, it did not fill me with confidence. I know it's just sort of ridiculous and kind of stupid, but there are be. some things in there that I think are probably prophetic. They hit a little close to home. They do. Um so there's that. But luckily that's not a documentary yet. Yet. Uh, electrolytes. They're what plants oh, crave. They're what I. That's what I crave, for sure. So <laughs> I think I'm a plant uh-huh. by that logic. Speaking of which, there are not enough plants in the Monster Manual. I just want want to say that that's not my inspiration point, but um, the plant demographic is severely underrepresented. That I could not have said it better. Yes, it is severely unabashedly um i think uh we're definitely experiencing some animal beast and monstrosity privilege here and there is not nearly enough plant life you're categorically correct yes categorically absolutely oh so get on that wizards um you know while you're halfway through being canceled um jeez if you if you get through it on the other side, this is one ask from a, a humble fan. Please make <laughs> more plant monsters. Yeah. Or maybe not even well, monsters. Just, you know, if you want to put stats in for like an oak tree, and that might be fine too. You know, there's an awakened tree in uh, the uh, Storm King's Thunderbuck. Really? That's a character that you can be. So that you can be? Oh no, no, you can't. Well, you might be able to temporarily control it. I need to read it again, but it's definitely an NPC. You letting me down here, man. Well, you know, I, I, I still thought be you'd be excited. Tree. I was yeah. excited. Now, yeah. now I feel like. Now you feel like a big sap. Oh. <laughs> oh. Welcome to Inspiration Point. This is point. why we do this, folks. This, <laughs> this is, is why we do this. this. Is, listen, I I did say up front that we're both dads. You did. The I did. So I feel clear. like I feel like uh, I gave my my trigger warning properly. You you did. I I was not taking us seriously enough. Um, 
and I should have known what I was in for. I had that coming. Yes, yes, you did. I did. All right. Oh, all right. So, so Andrew, let's start with you. What is your inspiration point? Uh well, my my inspiration point comes from uh, our game that we were playing last night that you were yeah. running. Um, and we had uh, just a, a little background. Um, our characters had been uh, discussing whether or not to take uh, one of two jobs that were being offered by uh, different NPCs. Um, and one of them had some, some, some important things for one of the characters in our group, but a couple of the other characters in the group wanted to do the other thing. And we wound up as tends to be the case more often than not, (laughs) uh, we get into a situation that is, um, I mean, a, a lot of uh, gamers or game designers will refer to the phenomenon as uh, analysis paralysis or right. something adjacent to that idea where we basically just, you know, look at these ideas and explore options. And because we wind up coming up with so many options, we it becomes extremely difficult to decide on where to go. And this this was count compounded by what you point out what you what you've kind of said already, which is that there were character specific motivations in both cases. Right, right. So it wasn't even just uh, just a player thing where I wanted to do this and they wanted to do that. It was mm-hmm. it it got a lot deeper, um, and eventually you brought in the uh, the NPC we were currently talking to who asked us if any one of us was the leader. And my character wound up basically getting called out and wound up making the making the ultimate decision. Um, so that kind of leads me to my, uh, my point uh, that I'd like us to talk about, and that is party leaders' decision-making and dealing with strong personalities um, and how, how to best deal with giving your party direction without feeling like you're stomping on what the other players want. Um, especially if you have strong personalities at the table, it, it can be difficult to, to, you know, to, give up that kind of control or that kind of instinct for wanting to be in a dominant role and go. Yeah. And we, we, we definitely have some strong personalities at the table. We do. Um, and I'll, you know, it's, it's hard to, to go, okay, you know, I've said my piece, let the leader make, make the call, which may not be what I want. And I'm wondering what you think are some of the some of the best ways to go about selecting a leader well and mm-hmm. um how to deal with strong personalities in in a way that leaves everyone maybe not perfectly happy with everything but sure. at least more or less satisfied or feeling like they weren't completely just neglected or overridden or ignored yeah and and i think to a certain extent some of that is unavoidable i could see a a perfectly democratic team coming in where there is no de facto leader but Mm. someone always gets outvoted you know it is possible no matter what um but i think that the best absolute thing that you can do as a party and I as a GM or anyone as a GM should really come in and say something to the effect of let's talk about this mm. and let's, let's discuss, do you like the idea of team leader dynamics? Who mm. is making a character that is appropriate? 
so something for this role. something outside of game. Well, it's it's like a social contract theory, right? Mm. So when when we set this up, I've seen this term applied to games many times mm. uh, for for different purposes. A lot of times, people use the concept of social contract to discuss you know, what kind of content is going to be present in the game. Like if there's going to be horror or blood or sexuality. Right. But it could also be applied here to uh, what what you say is analysis paralysis. And definitely our group has a particularly, I should say our group has a particular fondness for this problem. <laughs> if you can call it that. Yeah. And, and and the same is true even when someone else GMs and I'm playing with you, we still tend to run into this. Yeah, we do. I think it's important to have a leader to defer to or you have to do some sort of Democrat voting system. And you have to it has to be reliable. Everybody has to be on board exactly. for that voting so, system and you have to get in the habit of executing that the same way every time yeah so so regardless of which system you choose the important thing is that up front we all know what that system is right and everyone's had a chance to give their feedback on it right and, and to voice their opinion sure and you know we have a, a particularly introverted player in our group i think a lot of groups probably do have one who's not as strong a personality in terms of wanting their will to happen or voice their opinion. I haven't seen many groups that don't have at least one. Yeah. So it's important for someone to call on them and say, what do you think? Please kind of pull it out listening. of them a bit. Yeah. Pull it out of them. And then once we've all come to an agreement, then I think that that's the best way to go. Sure. And that's probably true about most things uh, when we're talking about group dynamics. Yeah. So I would, you know, personally, I like having a party leader. I would, as a party leader, and I've tried to do this with uh, the Paladin I played. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I get everybody's feed, feedback. I say, here is the problem that we have. What, is, what are your insights? What are your opinions? And then I make a call. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that worked out well. Sometimes it didn't. But it the, the important thing sometimes, I think, is to make a call. Yeah. Uh, at now, some point, you got to just pull the trigger. <laughs> you do, because we didn't come here to play D&D &D so that we could debate, <laughs> right? I, I think there I mean, are some people who... Maybe I did. But <laughs> 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 yeah, some people, maybe they did that. And the, I, I dare say there are a few people playing D&D &D and other role-playing games that were, in fact, on debate teams and mock trials in high school. I, I know that's probably a stretch, but... Uh, it probably did happen back when there were high schools. Back when there were high <laughs> back where, that, where do we that live? was a thing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So the yeah, so I, I like that dynamic. Some people would prefer a uh, Athenian direct democracy, right? <laughs> where everybody votes and we just decide, or you might have a dictatorial party leader who just says what everyone's doing regardless and everyone else is fine with it because they don't care they just want to kill things you know who who knows that but does again, sound the, super the, convenient it is convenient well coming off of our games that probably sounds nice right You're right now. it's like this, this guy just decides wow what <laughs> a luxury you just have this like lawful evil paladin like just leading your group <laughs> hey He's the boss. I just work here. Like, dude, he's lawful evil. I'm not screwing around with him. I have seen groups in the past say, well, who's the leader? And then they look at everyone's charisma score. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure that is the best way to do things. Like, stat-wise, yes, it's probably smart to have, like, a talker. But that doesn't necessarily need to be your leader. Well, I think I think the the idea of the the party face being mm -hmm. synonymous with the party leader is not an uncommon thing. You know, it's like No, not uncommon. It's like the the lead singer of the band, right? Like Adam sure. Levine is the party leader for Maroon 5. Like nobody's asking the drummer what he thinks. 
you know. It's, well, plus you called him the drummer because let's face it, the only name on that band we know of is Adam Levine. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, and I, poor guy. I really apologize to the drummer of Maroon Five. You're, you're. Yeah, he's definitely too, listening. I. What if he was? <laughs> Trip me out. He, he's going to be one of our first Patreons, right? Isn't that his? Or whatever. His, his name will be Maroon Five drummer. That, yeah, that, that one drummer. <laughs> Who shall not be named. Who shall not be named. But yeah, I mean, like, the charismatic talker tends to kind of, I feel, default into the role of party leader. Sure. Or at least it it fits very easily. But I could also see a scenario where someone says, I pick sorcerer. Yep. And then, like, well, why? Oh, this says that I get to have dragon blood. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And I want to shoot fireballs. Okay, cool. What, what do I cast spells with? Charisma. All right. Okay, now go talk to that clerk. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to shoot fireballs. Right. So I, I could see an issue with that. If if someone's an introvert and they're playing a bard, I don't want to say that they're doing something wrong. You know, maybe they're trying to explore an aspect of their personality that they're not less comfortable with. Or, you know, whenever we play these characters, we're trying on different hats, right? Yeah. We're trying to be something that we're not um, more often than we're trying to express exactly who we are. Right. You know, so I want to encourage that a bit. But sometimes, yeah, I would not say they always need to be synonymous. And I know that's not what you're saying. Sure. But that I think that's an important point. I, I think Paladin is almost written intentionally so that whoever picks this is the leader. Yeah, it's definitely got that vibe all over it. It's also a very strong class. Yeah. So it's like it's it's to be expected <laughs> that, yeah. that that would happen. But, you know, there's there's no reason why the quiet kid in your group doesn't pick vengeance paladin sure and then just is like okay i'm here to fight goblins <laughs> yeah well what should we do save the princess or kill the goblin king we have a moral dilemma on our hands mm-hmm. and then he's like um um and then you're like okay well we've got to get so- something going then all of a sudden the the rogue is like all right kids here's what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah yeah i think it uh a lot of times it does seem like it can just come down to somebody hopefully not getting frustrated but saying you know we you got we gotta do something and on top of that you know god forbid it's a like a quest or plot situation where time is actually a factor because it it can it can run into this weird situation where the discussion over whatever the issue is can tread this strange line between being in character and also out of character. Like, yeah, are we definitely. discussing this as players or as our characters? It can get personal fast. Yeah, really, really fast. Yeah, especially if you do have those strong personalities, because there's subtext, especially if someone wants to feel like they're the smart guy or the most experienced player or, you know, some or I'm the oldest, whatever it is. There there could be a lot of reasons why all of a sudden it's not Gorthak and Miri who are talking, but. Now it's Bill and Tom. Yeah. And that is usually where problems begin to arise. So, again, very good to establish beforehand that, you know, Bob is the leader in this case. Yeah. And by Bob, I mean Gorthrak. Right. Right. And that way, you know, and it's still like it's not out of character necessarily for Miri to go along with the narrative because Miri still needs allies. Right. And I think it's up to that player to decide, well, how do I reconcile this? Yeah. You know, and does it build towards a more a relationship built more on rivalry and perhaps even enmity between uh, myself and the uh, leader or, you know, like basically how do I make it work? Yeah. That's really what what we're what we're getting to and i've i've played video games where instead of like in if you have like a relationship with an, an npc and you make them mad sometimes they leave yeah 
but in other games they stay, but they have a different relationship to you. Yeah. And I like the second option better. As long as both players understand that this is all happening in game. Yeah. And I think it's also important for the GM to step in if he can, he or she can sense that there is some subtext occurring. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, we, we need to maybe take a step away, take a breather, you know. I will say that I thought your group did especially well with that last night, even though there was some debate. It did not feel like it got personal. It, um, it did in that case. I thought it was handled. We've had too. other occasions where it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. We, and we've talked about those to a lot, but last night I felt like everything was very in character and that I appreciated. Now I still had my NPC come back into the room, into the parlor, which was appreciated. And Yes, and she just mainly to say, let's make a choice now, please. Yeah. And hopefully now that your character has been kind of reestablished as the face, hopefully that will continue, even though your party really has like definitely two faces. Yeah. yeah. But I'm hoping um, that the dynamic will be more united. And that, that is one thing coming away from last night's session that I really felt had occurred, that those characters ha were more united than they yeah. had been previously. Yeah. So I was very pleased with that. It that that was nice. It cuz we've definitely had some bumpy Yeah, we have know, spots in the road. We have for sure. And I think um I think just the I think the bumps have been helpful. I think that as a group we have had to kind of grow and learn how how to best work with one another not only just as characters but also as players because like we both said you know we've got some strong personalities in the group and you know it's it's difficult for those strong personalities to not butt heads sometimes and you know when players get frustrated the bleed over into the game can happen very rapidly and that can send the session into a freaking downward spiral so fast yeah for sure and you know we want to avoid that like the plague but sometimes you can't so i think i think having an answer to the leader question and being able to say okay at at the end of the proposal whatever it is you know we defer to this guy to make the call being able to do that i think can really really benefit a lot of games and i felt i felt good about this last night because being chosen as that leader not not in a uh, in a prideful way but in just a nice way it felt like i was being handed some very meaningful trust by yeah. the other players going okay Clearly, there are those of us in the group who want different things. And some of us, at least right now, are not going to get what we want. But we trust that the calls that you will make are for the best and yeah. that we will have a good time and that we will be creating a good story with the decision that gets made, whatever it is. Yeah, I think that that's a very important uh, aspect of of a, of a team dynamic. You know, when I when I play a game like Mass Effect, usually when there is some sort of dialogue problem, some sort of dilemma, you know, you've got Rex on one side and he's like, let's shoot them all. And then Love you've got Tally on the other side, which is like, maybe we don't start intergalactic war. But at the end of the day, you're still Shepard and you get to decide. Right. Now, I will take that a step further, though, and I'll say that, you know, we we also have social dynamics at the table. And what can often happen is someone does get left out. Someone is consistently ignored. Right. And I think it's important that if you are the leader uh, or if you're the GM, for that matter, we need to make sure that that person is being heard. Yeah. That sometimes the leader doesn't do what's only in their interest but says, you know what, I've made the call the last couple of times against the interest of uh, Rex, 
uh, and this time, you know, what he's asking for isn't unreasonable. I can set aside my own interests. Yeah. In this case, to improve the the party dynamic and not make Rex hate me. Right. <laughs> and know? and it's it's important to have that level of care for the for not only the characters but also just the people that you're playing with. Yeah, because yeah, because now we're talking about well, what is leadership? Right. Right. And you know, there's a difference between a leader and the and a boss, right? Yes. The boss tells you what's up and the the leader leads you. They're part of it. They're pushing everyone along with them. They're trying to build you up. Right. Right. It's a very sort of positive, empathetic, caring sort of role, although it can be firm and authoritative. Sure. So the again, leadership is not just power. It is responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's very so, true. What? Remember the people, because especially if that quiet guy in your group is the rogue. So you because you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, they they do say it's the quiet ones. You got to watch. It's the quiet ones that get you. And if it's right? a, if it's a rogue, watching them is very, very difficult. You know, again, not to get too political, <laughs> but Machiavelli once said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but basically one of the in in one of the chapters of The Prince. He says that um, it is better to be loved than feared, but you probably can't count on love, so you should lean into fear, mm. right? And ruling by fear is fine, but he, and I'm not saying make your team fear you, sure. but the next point is where I'm going, which is he was like, okay, but don't get them to hate you. Yeah. If you keep doing things that make your people hate you, they will conspire, they will overthrow you. Right. So there's a fine line there between, wow, that guy's powerful and untouchable, and he's actively ruining my life. Right, right. right. Well, uh, you know. Don't tread into hate. Just in in life, you know, if if someone in your life is consistently a jerk to you or treats you poorly, generally your instinct is, I uh, think I probably don't want to be around this person anymore you know and you want to make a shift away from that person who's giving you grief in one way or another and yeah that uh that bears out here too yes so i think i think the answer to how do you how do you decide on on a leader and stuff winds up coming down to just being brave enough to have that discussion with your group yeah. and and being okay with the result not necessarily being you or if it is being able to appreciate the role enough to to do it justice and to like you said be able to put the rest of your party before yourself when it counts yeah and to also reconcile when you do something that is against your immediate interest yeah right like if you're the leader and you're setting aside your needs right now you can still reconcile that without being inconsistent with your character right there is there is some other motivation that might speak to you now that you know not including extreme examples like uh well the the uh, barbarian wants to murder everyone in the village. So, but I'm the paladin, but you know, I haven't given the barbarian a shot in the last. So we'll game. just let him have this one. Go. So we're just going to let him have this one. Yeah. Not guy. saying that. <laughs> right. But maybe this, instead of attacking the giants, we can attack the, the goblins instead because, you know, goblins did kind of murder his family. So I can see where he's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So maybe we can, you know, figure that one out. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, if, if, if anyone's family has been kind of murdered by anyone, I mean, if you've got a chance to address that, you probably should. I mean, yeah, it's only, it's only, it's only fair, but yeah, I, I feel like that, uh, I feel like that addressed my concern. That was, that was very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, not that that's what we did. That is not at all what we did. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I've tried to have the discussion about who is the leader, and then we just kind of go, eh, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Um, 
This, but this time it kind of happened in game and in character, and, and that was fun. Yeah, and it and, and it worked out. But in the future, I will definitely. This is like part of your syllabus as you're going in to make your character. Yeah, along with the questions of like, you know, um, are you okay with there being a certain level of violence and so on? Sure. Yeah, and the um, the whole idea of the the social contract, whether it's just spoken or actually i or there, implicit you know there there are some there are some groups where it's literal documents where they will fill these things out which i oh, i yeah. think is a i think is actually a really cool idea that's that's something that i've only uh run into very recently i've seen people posting some of those i know i saw some of those posted directly to you and they were they're really cool and very very thoughtful i think they they really do a great job of giving the gm a a really good look into the kind of people that they're playing with but that's that that's all that's a whole other topic so i sure yeah into that yeah exactly but yeah when in doubt it's never a bad idea to discuss (laughs) yeah yeah you're 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 100 correct you know, uh, you having problems in your marriage? Maybe talk to your wife. Uh, I'm not a therapist. I'm not. I am. I have no credentials to make that statement. It just <laughs> feels right. But it feels right. I feel confident in that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure most people would agree. Yeah. Um. So I I feel safe concluding my uh, my inspiration point. Um, okay. Do you have one? Yes, I do. And I thought you were going to steal mine for a moment. <laughs> I'm glad uh, I didn't. Because we're both kind of at the same starting point with that. Because, you know, again, we just played yesterday. And I, w- you know, I created the scenario where um, there were two quests that the players could choose from. And there were things in both quests that would apply to the backstories and interests of different party members. Sure. Now, this is fun for me because I like some inner party conflict as long as it doesn't get like out of hand like we've discussed. Monster. Um, And if you're trying to fill time. (laughs) We are. Which I was not, by the way. Notoriously good at (laughs) killing time. We can we can take. The, you guys should get experience for all the time you've killed. We, we really should, because it is so dead. So dead. Yeah. We have killed it dead. Yeah, yeah. You guys are all time rangers. So favorite enemy this session. It's um, it's it's, it's really a problem. Tune in next week for time rangers. Time rangers. That actually sounds cool. But yeah, it so it was fun in a way. But I think my inspiration point is. Careful with that, <laughs> because yeah, um, sometimes it's fun for the there to be a quest giver and the quest giver to say, you know what, there's like some um, hobgoblins over here. Can you please take care of that? And then there's really not too much discussion. Maybe there's some strategic discussion, but for the most part, we can all agree that them kidnapping people or or raiding them or ambushing their wagons is probably bad. Right. Okay, whatever your moral philosophy is, we can probably get behind that idea. Sure. You know, in this case, it was kind of fun to watch my party members feel passionate about picking quest A or quest B. It wasn't, I want to fight giants or I want to fight goblins. It was, there may be something connected to my past here. Mm-hmm. But I would say use this kind of idea sparingly. Because, yeah, one, you're going to end up in debate land. And and analysis paralysis, like you say, and that can get old pretty fast and it can cause uh, the the people to break character and to begin arguing between each other. Like, you don't care about my character. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't care about my character. And now all of a sudden yep. we have a big problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I I designed this entire chapter of the story. In my head, it would be like two sessions long. It's we're coming into like the fifth. Yeah. You know, and so I it definitely ended up filling way more time than I wanted with 
frankly, my players being very good role players, but they're just reacting to the to what I'm giving them. Sure. And in this case, what I'm giving you is conflict, but too much and all at once. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think that kind of comes down to when when you're setting up whatever hooks you have available, just having a clearly defined, I guess, hierarchy of importance for those jobs where if you look at this one thing and then you look at this other thing, one is clearly more important than the other. Like you have this obvious story quest or something that's clearly deeply related to someone in the party. And then you've got go kill these hobgoblins because they've been attacking people on the road. And there's, there's not so much of this deep, like no character feels like they're getting missed by choosing this option or not choosing this option. Yeah, I realized there was a a pretty bad double-edged sword in there where I was essentially asking half the party to give up their interests for the other half. Like, that's the the, the sort of pessimistic view of the scenario I had created. But it's also true. Well, right. So here's so on the one hand, yeah, it was it was great to have conflict because that creates drama that makes your characters and your story interesting. Mm. But if that's all the time then that's also not fun. It, yeah, it just gets exhausting. Yeah, it, and that, <laughs> I think you've expressed that many times in your emails, uh, you know, reviewing various sessions like this, I'm exhausted from this. Like, it was it was debate and fighting, and then we finally killed a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, and it's it's weird that that we go into a game that, you know, on the face of it, yeah, it's supposed to be fun. And when you think about it, it's just, it's grown-ups playing make-believe. And mm-hmm. and it really, it, sh- it shouldn't be that, that demanding on the face of it. It seems like, oh, this should just be silly nonsense. But it can get so deep and so serious and because we're playing with people who all really, really, really care about what we're doing. And yeah. And it's, uh, you know, when you're trying to be in character and when you're trying to do your character justice and you're also trying to have fun, it's, it's a very, it can it can lead to getting into a very selfish mindset and it can be very easy to focus on, okay, who is my character? What do they need? What are their goals? What are their trying? What are they trying to achieve? And what is their relationship to the other people in the party? And what do the other people in the party contribute to my character? And it can be very difficult to kind of break yourself out of that and go okay what are these other characters thinking what are these other players wanting to try to do and how can i use what i have at my disposal to make things more fun for them too and make it more collaborative because it's not a single player video game yes you're right it's you're you are you know, like we were just talking about a social contract. It is a game that has an inherent social contract and a social component where mm-hmm. you are not playing this alone. It, well, maybe you are. It, we're, we're, we're not experiencing D&D solipsism where you're the only brain that exists in, in, a, sure. in a fake universe. Yeah, so... You're right about that. And I think that we actually made some progress there last night. I think we did too. Where where we haven't had that. And and part of it is a lot of people like to be a brooding protagonist. Oh, um, yeah. Which means we don't talk about our backstory. And 
on one hand, that's appreciative because we've all been with the vampire LARPer who wants to upfront tell you their entire backstory, and that is obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. But on the on the other hand, like you don't want to be so resistant to opening up that we never figure out what you want. Yeah. And then we can't work together. Yeah. And I think that we had one character in particular, you know, open up in a very in character natural way. Right. Where now I feel like their relationship with the entire party has improved and it will be easier to make decisions going forward yes. because we'll have that greater level of understanding and empathy for one another. Yeah. I I totally agree. And you know, it's it's like it's like when you communicate with anyone. Like it's easy to sometimes find ourselves in situations where it seems like one person in the in the conversation is low-key expecting everyone else to just read their minds yeah and it's you know what i've just realized this has become a relationship podcast <laughs> maybe because this is true in couples this is true in with coworkers. it's true with any kind of you know social group of humans it's like well if you you should know me by now yes 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 and uh that stupid song if you don't know me by now <laughs> you know like don't Stop listening to that song. Yes, it's pretty sounding, but um, that is not good relationship advice. Right. You um, got you, you got to got to got to talk. You got to talk. You know, that's so important. And I know a lot of us are coming from a place of I enjoy anime and I like anime as well, but not everybody needs to brood. Yeah. And if but if you do brood, make sure it's limited and we do eventually figure out what your motivations sure. are. And. So, you know, that that goes that goes to also, you know, the the very typical, you know, dark, dark adventurers who are like these these uh, these people who have decidedly antisocial tendencies. (laughs) And yeah, you are playing a game where your character will be interacting and regularly traveling with other characters. If you are making a character who does not like or want to be around other people and cannot function, make a different character. Please, please. And there's nothing wrong with playing a lone wolf to, to an extent. There's nothing wrong inherently, I should say with um, playing a character who has a dark and tragic backstory and maybe they aren't quick to open themselves up because they've been hurt. They're victims of abuse. They're um, sure they're a little bit withdrawn now, but you, but in the words of Tim Gunn, make it work, make it work, right? Like you have got to remember that. Yes. Like you say, Andrew, like you are working with people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, the this guy has is talking to me. He's trying to get to know what my what my problem is. Maybe he forgave me for some kind of slight, and now maybe I'm willing to open up slightly. Right? Yeah. You know, and you don't have to say once upon a time when I was a boy. You know, sit down. You're gonna be here for a while. (laughs) Like licks his finger, page one. You know, like you know, brings out his small manuscript. Yeah, that's the other thing. You can, you can start revealing if you're if you're a more antisocial character or more brooding or more like I don't know, hurt or or something. You can you can reveal in pieces. Most of us do, right? I think you and I, Andrew, are pretty open guys. We're we're not really tough nuts to crack. I would agree with that. <laughs> but we still didn't upfront go, "Hi, here's my real life entire backstory." Sure. Now we probably learned it within a week or two, but you know, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it didn't take too long. That's for sure. It probably didn't take too long. So, so anyway, that, that really improved the dynamic, but I would just say from a GM perspective, if you would like to fill some time getting your players to have different motivations that, you know, and it's not a good or evil question. It's a, we both have legitimate 
claims, that can be an interesting source of drama, but be ready to referee, be ready to, you know, make sure that these are players that can handle it, do so sparingly, and just realize that this is going to eat up some of your time. So if you want that to happen because you have a half an hour that you can't account for, right. then, you know, maybe it's a good thing. But if you're trying to get them to move on, then make choices more simpler. Yeah. More simple. Yeah. The, uh, those, those, uh, those opposed quests really presented a, an interesting situation. I, I actually was thinking about mentioning this earlier too. There was a point in that discussion where I was, I was almost prepared to legitimately suggest splitting temporarily and going, look, I'll go with the character that this quest was very important to. We'll go investigate that. You guys go check out the other thing and we'll meet back up. And I, I think um, while the traditional wisdom is like just straight up, don't split the party. And from a from an outside of game perspective it's nice to just have everyone together yeah logistically but i do think that sometimes it could definitely make sense for it to be like maybe they do go check out two separate things and there's a little bit of a of a break where you cut back and forth or something like that. And that that could be a tricky thing to do. It might not even be a possible thing to do. But the the idea did go through my head. And I honestly didn't hate it. Which kind I mean, of surprised yeah, me. It, 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 sure. It, it makes logical sense. And in terms of the motivations that I laid down. It's perfectly reasonable for uh, players to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Right? A couple problems though. One is players aren't good at watching each other go through scenes. I wish they were better at it, but for the most part, players get bored really, really fast. So there's that number two, all of both of the dungeons, I, you know, it wasn't like next week I'll have this prepared. They're both already prepared. Right. And so they are prepared to fight a team of five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, to that end, splitting wasn't going to work without me doing like heavy adjustments right? or just making the game very, very hard for mm-hmm. you. And the other thing I would say is one of the points I guess I was trying to do, like my intent, was to get you guys to make a decision where there was an opportunity cost. Okay. All right. You were, you were going to give something up. Mm-hmm. Now, I did kind of backtrack on that a little bit because at the end of the night, I said to... Uh, one of the players who wasn't going to get to get their story to move forward because their their dungeon wasn't picked. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, don't worry. This doesn't mean that these threads are closed forever, Mm -hmm. you know, but you're going to come into it at a different part in the timeline, Mm -hmm. right? Like things are going to develop as if you hadn't gone because you didn't, but that doesn't mean therefore you'll never learn the truth about your past. Right. Yeah, because that's, you know, I'm not going to be a jerk about it. You don't want to have that door slammed in your face. It's just you just move the door. Yeah. Sorry for being um, cooperative. Your punishment for cooperation is now never learning about your backstory. That'll teach you. Um, That'll teach you. (laughs) Idiot. Now stop fighting. Yeah, that's yeah. Bad form, I would say. You know, you this is something you've told me a lot of times. Like, don't forget that this is a different medium, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. what you what you're saying about splitting makes perfect sense for a story. Yep. It would make it would be the right choice for a TV show yeah. because what we could do in that case is make a couple of odd couples, mm-hmm. maybe characters that have never had one on one interaction before. Uh, maybe if we had a scenario where I could say, OK, can the two of you meet me in the week and right. we can do this? You know, that can be really interesting, but a lot of groups aren't going to have that um, luxury, sure. right? So storytelling-wise, awesome. Yeah. Gameplay-wise, less so. Yeah. 
And there and and D and D does sit in this weird space between game and story. Yeah, and that and and that is kind of why I didn't ultimately go that way. But it was it was an interesting thing to think about, and I know that you know everybody, anyone that plays D and D, you know, has pretty much thought about getting don't split the party like tattooed on their chest. Yeah, because even as experienced players and DMs, we're gonna do it. You know, because it we've we're basing so much of what we're doing off of books, television and movies. And that's always what they do, because then you have subplots. And that's interesting. It just struck me when it went through my head. Um, I became very aware that I was thinking about it and that it's like, oh, this is this is weird. This is not something I typically consider. And my brain is not rejecting this out of hand. And it was, it was an interesting place to be in. I thought your character did well rising to that occasion and providing an answer with an explanation that was uh, fair and uh, compassionate for the players involved. That was, well, I should say for the characters. That was very difficult. Honestly, when I, when I started responding, I was like, uh, how, how do I hand? Okay. All right. I could hear those Andrew brain wheels creaking a little bit. Like they were definitely under some pressure. I, I was feeling um, the pressure for sure. <laughs> but you definitely got out a really good at response. And at the end of it, I think everybody was at least willing to live with that. They were, they understood what the decision was and what was going to happen. And that's all, that's all I was really going for. I, I, I was under no illusions that that uh, that everybody would be happy about it because it's like, okay, you know, when you don't get what you want, you're going to be bummed at least a bit. So that's to be expected and is completely understandable. I don't expect the people who didn't get what they wanted to be like completely amped like yeah you chose the other guy but you know i i did want want it to feel like look you know i know this stuff is important to you and one way or another we gotta like we've been saying you at some point you just gotta make a call and somebody in this situation is not going to get what they want so right now it's gotta be this but that doesn't mean that what you want isn't important or that we're ignoring you because you are still important and your contribution to what we're doing is still important. And at the end of the day, we all care about each other and we are trying, you know, as characters, we're in this together, but also as players, we're in this together. I don't want to take anything away from anyone. No. And we all want to come to the table and, have have this really cool kind of transportive experience and it's you know it's it's this weird thing where it requires all of us to to buy in and to try to play this thing as unselfishly as we can and when when we play the game for each other it helps elevate things for everybody Uh, yeah i think that that last point you made is especially important yeah like we are we are playing sorry do it one more time (laughs) that was that was really good i I could i i don't know if i could repeat it um it (laughs) just comes to me to to hear it again you know play back a few seconds and uh then you can hear when we play the game for each other it helps elevate things for everybody but yeah we're 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 sharing in this shared reality this experience it does require group levels of buy-in um you know i i'm really happy when i can tell that i'm getting an emotional response oh yeah out of a player that isn't just anger yeah (laughs) yeah you know i did this uh dream sequence for one of the other players in your group yesterday Mm -hmm. and i was I, I got some DM candy out of it. Nice. Because, um, you know, he messaged me right after on uh, on Google, just private messaged me and was like, 
like I actually teared up a little oh, bit. That's and, awesome. And I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> more of that. <laughs> yeah, that's the good stuff. Yeah. I I crunched up that comment and I snorted it through a pixie oh stick. Oh my gosh. Uh, it was it was great. Oh uh, that's <laughs> see, and and that's for better or worse, it's it's stuff like that, which is why we wind up wanting you to dm so much because you're you're darn good man and well thank and you that uh those kind of moments you know those are really great and for what it's worth you you have you have a knack for playing to your audience the the character and player that you're speaking about is someone who's newer to our group most of us have been playing together for at least a couple of years but he joined yeah. pretty recently um and you already have a good feel for the kind of player he is and the sorts of things that he values and what he will really latch on to and run with and he's mm-hmm. very open to emotional exploration and really diving into the RP side of the game and investing himself into his characters. Yeah. He's not afraid to get vulnerable. Not at all. And he, he's very, and very a, a courageous are... that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to, to hear that he had the reaction he did doesn't surprise me, but it, it makes me very happy. And I'm, it sounds very appropriate for what you put together for him. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, that's getting, getting good reactions out of your players is awesome. And when they do things that are like really heroic or very vulnerable or inspiring or compassionate, like these are, these are like verbs you don't usually associate. Wait, are they verbs? No adjectives. These are (laughs) adjectives. We don't often, It's late, yeah, you know, that we don't often associate with Dungeons and Dragons. But I think, right. especially for a group of experienced players, which we are, sure. like, this is not anyone's first rodeo um, by any stretch. Like, we start to want more th- than the Dungeons and the Dragons, although that's an important part of it. And so being able to explore those more positive and heartfelt emotions is something that I've been really wanting to explore in, in this series of uh campaigns yeah so um so far so good but the the trade-off again of doing it that way is that sometimes things in fact do get emotional yeah. and there's conflict yeah. and you just kind of have to have a mature group that can handle that yeah and you have to have some maybe some out of character conversations and and we definitely so, have like there have been yeah. there have been times where i know that i have like you know, post game, you know, I've just had to say, guys, like this, this thing bothered me or, you know, sure. Can we please not do this or can we try to do more of that or whatever? Yeah. Next time. Can it be this way? And, you know, sometimes speaking up and saying things like that can be scary. And yeah, you know, it's, it's not, it's not fun. But if if the people you're playing with are your friends and they do care about you, it should be safe for you to be able to speak up and go, hey, something's something's bothering me. You know, can we try something else or, you know, do something about this so that we can all have more fun? Because how you feel about the experience you're having is important. So I bet the listeners were not expecting to get into a D&D discussion with two dudes uh, about how important communication and empathy are. So, uh, yeah, we've <laughs> definitely set a tone for the show. It's 2020, guys. Get with the program. <laughs> get with the program. <laughs> it's spring 36. It's spring 36. Oh, my gosh. That's a that's a reference to how time is in in the campaign. Yeah, what are you talking about? Although it's spring thirty, they may have been wondering what the heck we're talking about this whole time. But uh, you know, well, hopefully it's been general enough to help 
everyone with their own games and their own party dynamics and, and people at the table. Yeah. You know, this may surprise you, but a lot of people that play D&D sometimes have some social hangups, you know. And I and I say that as a person that has been playing for for years and years and years. Yeah. So, oh, you know, it and it, it attracts people of all stripes, right? It it does. It does. But sometimes you know, especially when when we're playing with people, and the only relationship we have with them is playing D and D. I think that that can be extra challenging at times. Yeah, it can. So, you know, I think uh, especially for for us, I our our group is largely based on this hobby. Yeah. You know, I have a coworker. You have a coworker. But in your case, it's also still based on the hobby yeah. and then i have a friend who is the friend of a former co-worker <laughs> but for the most part the reason we all interact is because of dnd and uh we have gotten in trouble in times when our discussion has gone outside of dnd and that has created some unpleasant uncomfortable moments yeah so that's something but perhaps a discussion for another time well so the secret ingredient is love. The, it, it is. It is. And uh, and we just told you in the first episode. So so why you would come back, I don't know. <laughs> I don't but, know. But uh, we hope you back. do. So um, yeah. I just want to say thanks, everyone, for joining us. This was a heck of a lot of fun. Adam, thank you for doing this with me, man. This I'm looking forward to doing it more. This is a blast. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this is really fun. Um, anyone who is listening who wants to find out more, find more of our episodes, you can head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T.com. That's our uh, podcast website. And if you'd like to contact us, you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, we'll have other uh outlets here pretty soon we would love to hear from you and any inspirations you may have so until then stay inspired